0: Hi folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the show. In today's episode, I'm breaking down the most important things you need to know about meal timing, when to eat, which is actually as important in many ways as what you're eating. So nutrition scientists are always debating, you know, what dietary practices are best for optimal health. And as I've discussed in previous shows, there's no one size fits all for diet. People do better with different types of foods and based on their activity, based on their, you know, genetics, based on a number of different factors. And while, you know, what you're eating is certainly important, no doubt about it. A large body of emerging is really demonstrating it's not just what we eat, but also when we eat, that's extremely critical for good health. And far too many folks are consuming food and beverages from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed, which just wrecks havoc on your body. You know, the average person tends to eat over a 15 hour period, which is absolutely nuts when you think about it because we're asleep for eight hours, at least you should be, so, you know, they're basically eating all freaking day long. And the problem with this is it doesn't give your digestive system any time to heal, any time to rest or recover since it's constantly being bombarded by having to work to digest your food. And there's a number of other issues with this. For one, it leads to massive weight gain. You know, if you want to gain a lot of body fat, eat a lot of food right before bed. That is a recipe for fat storage because our body's hormonal system is different in the evenings as it is during the day. So we don't have the same regulation of blood sugar we have during the day. Additionally, you're consuming all these calories, all this energy, right before your body has almost no freaking energy demand. We're sleeping, right? So. A lot of those excess calories get stored as body fat it also destroys your sleep quality because your body is sending you know it takes a lot of work to digest food our body uses a lot of vital uh, life force resources in our in our system to break down and assimilate the food that we eat now when you're sleeping you don't want your body's energy to go towards digestion you want that that life force energy to go towards recovery, repair, rejuvenation, detoxification, all of these different processes that occur while we're asleep. So, it's a big disruptor to our sleep quality. And then, of course, that's gonna d- decrease our energy levels the next day, because if we're not sleeping well, you're gonna be fatigued and you're not gonna feel well. It's gonna have, you know, lead to a lot of gut issues long term. And it's also just gonna have a multitude of negative consequences. So, you know, let me walk you through what's fairly typical in a lot of people's world. Um, you know, and you may be listening to this and you may relate to this where, you know, you have dinner typically around, let's say 8 PM and then, you know, you have a little snack or dessert, maybe a little after dinner, maybe at, you know, 9 30, 10 pretty close to bedtime. And then most folks have been misled to believe that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, which it's not. So they consume food before going off to work. And the worst part about this is that they don't have time to prepare a proper breakfast so they end up eating some convenient junk food like a bagel or fast food or muffins i mean muffins guys it's it's a cake muffins is is basically cake for breakfast uh, which is just the worst way to start your day so i really want everyone listening in here to understand this cycle is not conducive to good health you're you're far better off skipping breakfast altogether if your only option is some unhealthy convenient junk food Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day Uh, and skipping it all together can be safe and easy if you incorporate some of the strategies I'm going to cover in this episode, but what I want you to really get away here is not to skip breakfast. I'm going to go into some optimal meal timing strategies, but just understanding that adopting what's called a compressed eating window is such a great tool, such a great technique to reduce unwanted body fat, improve your digestive system, and just enhance your overall health enhance your sleep quality. So what that means is just you're only eating during a compressed window during the day. Could be eight hours, could be 10 hours. I'd say at the at the biggest end, 12 hours for some folks who are just starting out, uh, but that's not that hard to do. When you factor in eight hours for sleep, and let's say you're gonna get started with a 12 hour eating window, that means if you ate dinner at eight, you know, you finished dinner at 8 p.m., you would just wait till 8 a.m. the next day to eat breakfast. Really not that hard. Now, most folks are familiar with the Evergrown fad termed intermittent fasting. And while there are a lot of variations to this, the most common one is this day-to-day time-restricted eating where you only consume food and beverages during anywhere from six hours to maybe 10-hour window. And then you fast, meaning you don't consume anything but water for the other 14 to 18 hours each day. And, you know, despite this recent surge of media attention and and people be thinking fasting is like the latest greatest thing, Fasting has been done by humans since the dawn of existence. You know, it it hasn't always been by choice and typically wasn't by choice. But until very recently, humans didn't have access to refrigeration, to supermarkets. And oftentimes we would just go long periods of time between eating while we tried to find food. So our species really evolved to operate for long stretches of time without food. This modern notion of eating three or four meals a day is not exactly natural for humans so there's a ton of benefits associated with intermittent fasting time restricted eating just having this compressed eating window i'm going to rattle off a few uh, but really i want to get down to the nitty-gritty practical stuff so just a few benefits gonna definitely be a good way to decrease body fat percentage and promote healthy weight loss Uh, and what's really interesting about this is that during intermittent fasting even if you're not doing a big caloric deficit you're still able to lose weight in a healthy way and it doesn't cause some of the same metabolic adaptations. If you do it correctly, like I'm going to outline, that long-term caloric restriction will. Uh, It's going to be very beneficial to decrease inflammation, it's going to be great to improve cardiovascular health, to increase insulin resistance, so insulin being uh, the hormone secreted by our pancreas to help regulate blood sugar among many other things insulin is responsible for. Um, but this can be a great way to help yourselves resensitize insulin. If you're dealing with any type of insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome, it's great for boosting the metabolism, Uh, you know, it's just fantastic if you're looking to maintain a healthy weight and just be metabolically healthy. Uh, and then there's a lot of other benefits, everything from cognitive function to longevity and beyond. And so, you know, you're probably aware, like there's a lot of benefits to this. So what's the key in one, I'm going to sum it up in one sentence. The key to successful intermittent fasting is to eat an early dinner. Eat an early dinner. You now, a growing body of research is really demonstrating that our bodies function best when we align our meal timing with our circadian rhythm. So our body's 24-hour biological clock that innately signals to our body when to wake, when to, when to sleep, when to eat, and, and many other functions. And so the research studies are showing that these late night dinners, or you know, what are commonly referred to as midnight snacks, too close to bed, really start to disrupt our circadian biology and really lead us down a path of a metabolic dysfunction. So human metabolism follows this daily rhythm in our digestive system, the enzymes, our hormonal system. We're all, all primed for food during the early part of the day. Throughout human evolution, we, we've always lived in conjunction with these light and dark cycles of the day you know we didn't have all this artificial lighting so when it got dark outside you got ready for bed you know sure you might sit by the fire and all that kind of good stuff but not the same type of environment we find ourselves in today so you know you scientists know for hundreds of years you know there's this master clock in the brain it's located in the hypothalamus and it governs our sleep and wake cycles based on bright light however It was recently discovered that every organ in the body actually has an internal clock of its own and these functions change throughout the day based on the circadian cycle, which is really fascinating because I am just, anyone that follows my work knows how passionate I am about talking about circadian biology because it's such a foundational element to everything that we do, to our sleep, to our energy, to our brain function, to our longevity, to our risk of, you know, chronic illness, to our performance. I mean, it all comes back to really being in sync with this circadian rhythm. So just to give you a few examples in the evenings, you know, our pancreas actually slows down its production of insulin to regulate blood sugar, which is not a good thing. We want to be able to have good blood sugar stability. Uh, During the day, our gut upregulates the production of digestive enzymes to increase nutrient absorption and aid digestion. Even the trillions of bacteria in our microbiome are governed by this internal clock, guys. So there's a a researcher named Dr. Sachin Panda, whose work I've found absolutely fascinating. He he wrote the book, uh, The Circadian Code, uh, and he outlines many of the profound metabolic benefits of having a compressed eating window. A lot of the things I mentioned during this episode. And what he found through his research on meal timing uh, has really been quite groundbreaking because what he's discovered is Essentially, we're designed to eat all of our calories in a compressed eating window during the day, and his research actually demonstrated dramatic differences in metabolic health markers who, when you study two test groups who ate the same diet, the same number of calories, but one group had round-the-clock access, and the other group ate within an eight-hour time window. So despite both groups eating the same number of calories, eating the same types of food, the group that ate without time restriction, meaning they had round the clock access became obese and really increased their susceptibility to disease while the group on the time restricted regimen did not. I mean, just one variable was changed diets, the same meal timing, different, massively different outcomes. That's why I'm saying this is such a critical component to, you know, how we actually uh, benefit from our nutrition uh, and, and, you know, there's even been some research. This is quite mind blowing that eating an unhealthy meal early in the day and not having any late night food intake can actually be healthier for people than eating a healthy meal late into the evenings. Now that's absolutely mind, mind boggling, but I want to be clear. That's not an excuse to eat unhealthy food, but it just goes to show the power of meal timing. So the science is overwhelmingly clear that consuming your food earlier in the day is optimal for metabolic health. So while skipping breakfast can be helpful for some, It's not nearly as important as eating an earlier dinner and not consuming anything except water for at least three to four hours before going to bed. I would say five hours before going to bed would be optimal. You know, it's quite opposite of what a lot of people are doing with intermittent fasting. Most folks, what they'll do is they'll skip breakfast entirely. They'll just be fueling themselves on on coffee and you know, whatever else they have in there, you know, going on. They'll eat their first meal, maybe around 12, maybe 1 PM. Then they'll eat a little lunch, few hours later, and then they'll have a big dinner, you know, 7.30, eight, maybe as late as 9 PM. So they're really backloading their evening, uh, their most, their calories towards the evening and latter part of the day, not advisable while this does work better for your schedule. No doubt about it. I totally get that component of it. It's really going against all the things I just laid out with our circadian clock and how our bodies are meant to digest food. So we're naturally supposed to have more of a suppressed appetite in the evening hours, So what I really urge people to do is more front-loaded intermittent fasting, where the main thing you're prioritizing is having that early dinner. So like I said, four to five hours before going to bed is pretty optimal. So let's say you go to bed at at 11 p.m. or or 10.30, let's say 10.30 p.m. That's pretty typical bedtime for most people. You would wanna be eating around 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. That's gonna be optimal and that's pretty feasible. You know, even if you get off work at five o'clock, you can prep, a meal pretty quickly pretty easily and be eating by 6 maybe 6 15 6 30 no problem that's gonna make a huge difference and then when it comes to breakfast I always tell my patients I always tell my students the same thing listen to your body if you're hungry have some breakfast a couple hours after waking if you're not prolong your fast until you actually have the desire to eat it's not rocket science folks It's just listening to your body you know in the morning if you feel hungry right when you wake up have some breakfast don't try and fast for five hours until noon. If you're hungry at 7 AM, what happens a lot of times when you start skipping breakfast, they could start to, you know, people start to run into problems because they feel hungry in the morning. They skip breakfast anyways. Usually they'll use caffeine like coffee or tea as a crutch to help get them through some of the appetite, you know, cause the, the caffeine is going to help to suppress appetite and what this is going to do is it's going to crank up your, your cortisol it's gonna to start to crank up your adrenaline because you're in this really hungry state, you're putting a lot of physical and, and mental demand on your body. Because you know first half of the day, this is when we do most of our shit. I know there's some exceptions, of course, but for most people that work normal hours, this is when you're most productive, this is when you're moving and grooving, your brain's firing, you got all sorts of stuff going on, and depriving your body of food during that time and just trying to fuel yourself with caffeine is a recipe for disaster long-term. Now, I will say, most men can get away with it. Sorry, don't. I, I didn't create these rules, ladies. I don't want to come off sounding unfair, but women tend to run into hormonal imbalances, adrenal dysfunction, thyroid issues. Women especially tend to run into issues when they feel hungry in the morning, yet they try and do this strict intermittent fasting. Because they heard on some, you know, blog or some from influencer that that's the way that you should do things, and. Rather than listening to their own body their own hormonal system their own innate intelligence they're listening to some person on TV or some person on social media and that's gonna run get you uh, you know gonna run into issues essentially so what this would look like in a real life example is just focusing on that early dinner let's say you wake up around six o'clock uh have some breakfast at 7:30, 8, 9 10 a.m anytime in there's totally fine Whenever you actually feel the desire to eat is when you should eat breakfast. And I'm going to talk more about what an optimal breakfast would look like. And, you know, you can utilize some coffee during this time. You know, uh, women, again, if you're drinking a bunch of black coffee, getting all caffeinated, fasting for a few hours, not good to do every day. That's for sure. Uh, But, you know, most men can be all right with that. But ultimately, you just want to listen to your body, eat some breakfast. then eat a lunch. You know, if, if you get hungry, they're in the middle of the day, maybe around 1, 2 p.m., and then aim for that early dinner around 5 to 6 p.m. And you're going to be golden like a goose. It will work wonders for your health. Now, one thing I want to make very clear on this with fasting is you don't have to do this every day and you shouldn't do it every day. Having some variability in your meal timing is very conducive to our, our bodies and how we function. So let's say you have a more restricted eating window where you, you compress your eating window to so let's say uh, 10 hours. Let's say you break your fast around uh, 10 a.m. and you finish, or let's say eight hour eating window. You break your fast around 10 a.m., you finish dinner by 6 p.m. Good eating window for a daily basis. Some days eat a little earlier, you know, on the weekends, maybe you have a nice breakfast with your family. One day a week, you could eat a little later. There's always going to be times, inevitably, where we eat a later dinner, where an early dinner is simply not feasible. Maybe you have to work late. Maybe it's a friend or a family member's birthday, maybe you're going to a wedding or some some gathering, some social event that takes place, you know, later. You're gonna be hard-pressed to find, unless you're coming to my birthday dinner, someone's birthday dinner that's taking place at 5 p.m. Most of the time these are gonna be later into the evening. And what I want you to understand is that's okay. As long as you're following these principles, five five or six days a week, having one or two days a week where you actually eat a little later, eat a little earlier than usual is going to be very beneficial to your metabolic flexibility and actually accelerate your long-term progress. You're going to be better off doing this. So just something to keep in mind for all those people out there who are super strict and super disciplined, kind of deviating from this one or two days a week is actually a good thing. Uh, So I'm going to wrap up with a few tips to keep in mind while adopting some of these, uh, different fasting kind of day to day time, compressed eating window strategies I covered during this episode on meal timing. So always ease your way in to a new system like this, of meal time. If you're used to eating dinner at 10 PM, don't try and push your meal timing to 5 PM day one, you're going to end up getting hungry late at night and then you're going to binge on a bunch of food cause you ate too early. So instead make changes gradually over the course of a week or two, you know, move your meal time slightly earlier each day, and aim to work towards less than a 12 hour eating window. So I think 10 hours is kind of the sweet spot for a lot of folks. So let's say you eat uh, breakfast at eight or 9 a.m. and you eat dinner at five or 6 p.m. You have a lunch midday in between there. That's gonna be awesome as far as meal timing goes. Uh, And then another strategy here, or a tip rather, is to make sure you don't under consume calories during dinner. Attempting to cut calories It's just not a sustainable or effective strategy long-term for most folks. It can work for some people and I, you know, I did a whole episode on counting calories and restricting calories and some of the science behind that. But when it comes to this, this will actually backfire and results in a lot of late night hunger and food cravings before bed. So then you end up eating a whole bunch of food right before bed, which is even worse than like an eight or 9 PM dinner. So make sure you eat plenty of food during dinner until you're, you're full and that you're really satisfied. You don't have to be stuffed. but Make sure you're not walking away from the table hungry. Uh, and then another thing is just to hydrate. You know, drinking plenty of water right when you wake up in the morning and throughout the day has numerous benefits, including positively controlling your appetite. You know, a lot of times when we get uh hunger signals, we are mistaking them for what's really a hydration. We're dehydrated. So always kind of grab a glass of water before you go and open up the fridge. Understand too, coffee and tea are all good. You know, a lot of people in the very strict, you know, fasting worlds will say anything you you consume will break your fast. Technically black coffee, plain herbal tea will break your fast and they're right. It will activate liver enzymes. You are consuming some some compounds that do need to be processed by the body. But you know what, from a functional perspective, they're not gonna deter the benefits of your fasting. It's gonna be so insignificant. You know, like I said, you don't overdo it because that will lead to some issues from a central nervous system standpoint and adrenal standpoint, but having some black coffee or herbal tea, assuming they're organic, you always want to go for organic because those two crops are heavily sprayed with pesticides, uh, can be totally fine and can be totally part of a good morning routine. You know, I always tell people and I have a whole episode on this, it's episode number three, uh, on morning routines that hydration, sunlight and movement are the three things you should use to naturally wake up and naturally set your body's circadian rhythm. But after you've done these things, grabbing a cup of organic joe or you know some herbal tea, my favorite is yerba mate, is totally fine. It can actually help with fat burning and reducing some of these food cravings. So don't overdo the caffeine. You know you don't need to put extra stress on the body. Uh, keep your consumption to one, maybe two cups per day, uh, and be sure not to consume a bunch of caffeine late into the afternoon. I typically tell people, cut off your ca- caffeine by around 12 um, definitely going to be totally fine on this and you know another question I get often is how about blending some healthy fats like some coconut oil some grass-fed butter into my coffee Um, this can be an effective strategy and there's pros and cons to this that I'm actually going to outline in an entirely separate video Uh, but because it doesn't spike your blood sugar there's no carbohydrates you can actually do this and still reap a lot of the benefits now it's going to deter from some of the Uh, Fat burning tapping into your body fat stores because you're adding fat to your coffee So your body's going to use that as fuel but functionally it's gonna be totally fine and then Consistency is very good, you know, as as with any lifestyle change staying consistent is important Having the one or two days per week where you kind of eat a little later eat a little earlier totally fine But you still want to stay consistent majority of the time Um, Then like I said breakfast is optional Skipping breakfast altogether is a method that works for some people and doing an eating window of let's say from 12 noon to 6 PM. Others find it better to have breakfast, but maybe instead of eating at 7 AM you eat at 8 or 9 AM for example. So listen to your body and really focus on doing what feels best for you. And then if you deviate from something like this, just get back on track folks. You know, we all have certain times when we're going to eat late, we're going to go to a special event, birthday party. Don't obsess over it. Understand it's actually beneficial doing this one, Uh, One time per week or once every two weeks to help with your long-term progress so that variation keeps your metabolism high So intermittent fasting Having a compressed eating window dialing in your meal timing. It's safe. It's effective It's sustainable and it's really going to benefit you in a multitude of ways. But one thing as we wrap up the show Fasting isn't for everyone if you're pregnant you're breastfeeding. It's also not appropriate for growing children uh, and any individuals dealing with adrenal or thyroid issues need to be very cautious with stricter intermittent fasting. So always take precautions whenever you're making any changes. This should go without saying, we always work with a qualified health practitioner to make sure that you know this is right for you. I'm not giving any medical advice, I'm just sharing information. This is an ed- educational podcast and I like to think it's somewhat entertaining as well. Uh, and understand too that weight loss and metabolic benefits are still possible using this strategy of meal timing. Even without changing your diet. Now, I definitely recommend you consume nutrient dense whole foods and, and, and you do make positive changes to your diet, but just modifying your meal timing can go a long way. Uh, and always listen to your body. That's what's most important. If you don't feel good when you're doing more, you know, longer intermittent fast, then don't do them. It's likely not for you. So, I hope you really found a lot of value in this episode. I love talking about this stuff. I think meal timing is something that there's a lot of confusion about and it's really popular, but also misunderstood in a way that you could really do it in an optimal way. So I'll be doing a future episode on various fasting techniques, multi-day water fasting, my own, you know, liquid fast that I teach people that I think is just highly effective, you know, fasting mimicking approaches, all sorts of good stuff of that nature. So be sure to tune in, subscribe, keep an eye out for that, coming out to you in the next couple weeks. And I really appreciate you listening in. Feel free to share this along to anyone in your life you think it would benefit. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can find the show notes and resources we discussed at ryankennedyshow.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Much love, everyone.